It is Friday. Friday. You know, that's the thing about uh, weekends. They just keep on coming one week after another. <laughs> they just keep rolling on by, you know. And uh, weekends are a great time. I always say weekends are a great time for family, for friends uh, to kind of get together. Uh, you know, the weeks are so busy, you know, we, we, we work, um, you know, kids going to school and uh, sometimes, uh, you know, if you have kids who are older in college, they used to have this thing in college. It was really wild. They had this thing for a long, long time. It was a four year program where you could get a, a degree in four years. Um, do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like nowadays it's more of a five, six, seven, eight year program to get a bachelor's. Uh, but, you know, kids are out of school now. It's summertime. Uh, you may have college kids going to, to summer school or, or whatever. But the weekends are a great time, a great time to get together, to enjoy God's creation, uh, to be outside, to, to maybe grill. Uh, it's, it's a great time to enjoy uh, the gift that he gives us in each other, really, the, the, the gift he gives us in family and the gift that he gives us in friends. And uh, one of the great ways to come together as a family, to come together, to bring people together, even bring friends together, is uh, is through food. And I, I like, of course, here at the Catholic Foodie Show, I talk about uh, where food meets faith. And I think this is a, a very important point to, to highlight. Uh, uh, despite the fact that I love good food, despite the fact that I love to to uh, to cook, I really do enjoy cooking, and and I love to to eat good food. Um, the food really isn't ultimately the the goal. <laughs> I mean, food is simply a uh, a tool, a means uh, to to bring people together. It's it's something that God uses, obviously, uh, to to feed us and to, and and to create a relationship. And ultimately, that's really what it's all about to to come together and to uh, to grow in each other's company, to enjoy each other's company, and to to grow, grow closer to God at the same time. And uh, earlier in the week, I shared with you uh, an article from, uh, I guess it was last year that I wrote. Uh, it's called Nine Classic Louisiana Shrimp Recipes Plus Three More. And uh, this was actually a lot of fun putting this together. I have uh, a number of recipes for shrimp over at uh, catholicfoodie.com. And being down here on the Gulf, you know, on, in New Orleans, uh, we, I mean, shrimp are plentiful. It is shrimp season currently right now. And uh, lots of fresh shrimp available. Some of them are straight off the boat, but you know what they do a lot of times today is they uh, they freeze them instantly uh, on the boat. They're individually flash frozen on the boat to try to uh, ensure the optimal optimal freshness uh, of the shrimp from boat to, to table. And uh, there's a lot of advantages to that. Uh, I think it's IF, uh, IFQ or something like that, uh, the, the, the instant uh, freezing process that they use. Uh, a lot of advantages to that because the shrimp really are uh, preserved, uh, fresh as can be. And uh, if you were able to get them uh, in the store, uh, as soon as they thaw out and, and use them right away, you're talking about some really, really fresh shrimp. So I wrote this article. I wanted to highlight uh, a bunch of the recipes that I did have over at catholicfoodie.com. And then, of course, primarily these Louisiana shrimp recipes, because this is where I reside. I'm, I'm in New Orleans, and this is what I know. Uh, but I also love to play in the kitchen. And because of that, or I should say as a result of that, uh, I have come up with some other recipes that uh, that may use certain uh, classic Louisiana ingredients like fresh Gulf shrimp, like 
cayenne pepper, uh, but at the same time, uh, kind of bring in other uh, traditions, other other heritages. And uh, so what today we'll talk about today, uh, one of those recipes is going to be a shrimp masala, uh, I will, which is served over a, a bed of rice. And uh, I'm going to give you that recipe uh, in just a few minutes. And we're also going to talk about a recipe that is featured in my book as well, Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie Middle Eastern Cuisine. That is a garlic shrimp with tomato, peppers, and feta, again, uh, served over rice. You're going to see a lot of rice today uh, in these in these dishes because the other two that I have in mind for you are a shrimp, a classic shrimp etouffee, and a, a shrimp creole, which is a variation of, uh, I guess you could say is a variation of a shrimp etouffee. So I didn't think about that till just now, but we do are, I guess, in a way featuring rice on today's show. <laughs> it's a lot of rice uh, here in uh, Louisiana. We have uh, a lot of dishes that feature rice, of course. Gumbo, jambalaya, red beans and rice. All those are excellent uh, classic Louisiana dishes that that feature rice. Now, I wanted to share something with you uh, first before I give you this first recipe for shrimp masala. And that is that, uh, you know, Catholic, catholicfoodie.com, of course, is my home base. That's uh, my, my digital real estate, so to speak. That's where you can find me online. It's my hub of where all the content, Catholic Foodie content can be found. Uh, but in addition to that, I do provide content uh, in other places on, on the internet. Uh, and catholicmom.com is one of those uh, places. I have contributed a number of uh, articles over the years to catholicmom.com. Uh, and then recently, I guess, Yes, uh, probably in the fall. I think it was in the fall. I started to uh, contribute a monthly uh, recipe, a meatless uh, recipe, uh, because they they have a thing over at CatholicMom.com where they feature meatless recipes on Friday. If you recall, the uh, the U.S. bishops have um, it's not a it's not a mandate. It's not something that we are uh, obliged to do, but they have invited us and encouraged us to fast on Fridays or to abstain from meat at least on Fridays uh, throughout the church year or throughout the whole year um, for for issues around life, right? To to pray and to intercede uh, for all of the needs that we have in our world today, especially in defending and promoting a cult a culture of life. And so, uh, again, it's not it's not a, a mandate. It's not like uh, you know abstaining from meat on Fridays and Lent, but uh, they are encouraging us to abstain as uh, as a practice, as as a form of fasting, and to offer that uh, to God on behalf of all the needs that we have, the intentions for um, uh, surrounding life, the issues of uh, surrounding life uh, in our world today. And uh, just yesterday, um, something new and and exciting happened over there with CatholicMom.com. CRS Rice Bowl, Catholic uh, Relief Services uh, Rice Bowl, which I have have, uh, uh, written about uh, their Lenten program uh, for the last few years uh, during Lent. I, I, I share their recipes and and try to spread the word about uh, Rice Bowl and, and that whole program. You know, I grew up with that. That was something that uh, was normal in my household when I was a child. Uh, the, the, the Catholic Relief Services at the time, it was a different name. I think it was Operation Rice Bowl at the time, but it's part of Catholic Relief Services today. Uh, uh, the Rice Bowl and 
I remember as a child bringing that home from from mass uh, at the beginning of Lent and putting, you know, coins and and uh, whatever change I had and dollar bills or whatever into the rice bowl and uh, and learning about different cultures. And, and it's something that I think is just so practical, first of all, and it's something that everybody in the family can be a part of. And it's, and it's a way to kind of bring people, again, to bring people together around the table. So I really encourage uh, the rice bowl. Well, we got a, a word over at CatholicMom.com. Uh, yesterday that uh, Catholic Relief Services is going to start to promote throughout the year uh, some of the meatless uh, Fridays, uh, the meatless recipes on Fridays over at CatholicMom.com. And yesterday they happened to uh, promote the, this this particular recipe I'm going to give you uh, after the break today, or after our first break today, which is uh, the, the shrimp masala recipe. And uh, it's kind of what I like to call a perhaps a Cajun slash Indian fusion recipe. So if you are um, familiar with fusion cooking, where you're taking two different um, cultures, two different types of, of cuisines, and you're, you're mashing them together and to see what you can, what you can make, uh, that's kind of what's happening here. And uh, let's see, masala is typically, it's a combination of dry and roasted spices. Uh, it's typical in Indian and Pakistani cuisines. And uh, one thing that I love, I absolutely love is, uh, is spice. Yeah. How I do love you feel it. about that one? Oh. It looks pretty sweet. It looks awesome. Oh, this is... Dude, it's, it's incredible. It's Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> that, was an, that was a mistake, folks. It's something I pressed here uh, on my soundboard. Didn't mean to do that. But Napoleon Dynamite, that was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of bumpers. I tell you, I had a lot of bumpers that I used to use uh, on the podcast. Haven't had a chance to, uh, uh, to, to use those recently, but I may have to pull one up after the, the break today. Uh, but masala, you know, I, I love spicy food. I can't help that. That's just part of my nature. I grew up in South Louisiana, of course, and having things like, you know, cayenne pepper, uh, yeah, we use that all the time and, and Tabasco. I can tell you a story about uh, hot sauce. You know, when I was a kid, that was the threat that moms and dads would use if uh, a child was going to say a bad word as an example. Uh, so you say a bad word and, and what was the, what is the punishment for that? Uh, punishment for that was to get hot sauce put on your tongue. And, uh, I used to dread it when I was a kid, like, Oh no, you know, I, don't, I did not want that. And, and I hated Tabasco when I was a small kid. Uh, but I remember when my son was, I can't remember now how old he was, but he was young and, uh, we were trying to break him of a habit. He was starting to say words that he, he shouldn't have been, been saying, you know, hearing them from wherever, I don't know, other people or TV or whatever, not, not, not from me. Uh, I tell you that was certainly not from me. Uh, but I, so I threatened him with hot sauce and what happens? I put hot sauce on his tongue and he looks at me. He's like, can I have some more? <laughs> <laughs> so talk about backfire. That totally backfired on me. Uh, but we go through a lot of hot sauce in my house. And uh, it's something that that I grew into as a child. I didn't like it uh, when I was younger. But I really do love uh, like a little kick in, in, my, in my food. And so it's not uh, uncommon for me to cook with cayenne to add... Um, 
hot sauce to add uh, if, if it's something of, a, of an Asian uh, cuisine, like Thai food as an example. I like to use that shirashi sauce or shirasha, shiracha, I think is how it's uh, really pronounced. But we call it the rooster sauce. You know, it's got a rooster right there on the front. And uh, I love that. Well, masala is along the same lines. It is a spice. It's from India and Pakistan. And I'm going to tell you more about masala when we come back from the break. You are listening to the Catholic Food show right here on Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. I'm Jeff Young, your host, and uh, today we're talking about, uh, we're talking, well, we're talking about this. Anyway, like I was saying, shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You can barbecue it, boil it, broil it, bake it, saute it. There's um, shrimp kebabs, shrimp creole, gumbo, pan fried, deep fried, stir fried, Pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potato, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. That's that's about it. That's right. That's about it. That's I guess you could say we're talking shrimp today, and we are talking shrimp today. That was uh, Bubba Bubba Gump uh, Shrimp Company. Uh, you maybe saw the, the the movie Ferris, not Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh my goodness! The other one, the other funny one, the other great movie. <laughs> <laughs> with Bubba, Forrest Gump. That's what it was, Forrest Gump. Uh, yeah, that was Bubba talking about shrimp. I used to love that uh, that little clip there. And yeah, we are talking shrimp. I talked to you uh, before the the the, sh- uh, the break. We're talking about uh, shrimp masala. And I was saying that the uh, that that particular spice is uh, masala. Garam masala is uh, Indian or Pakistani is, is where it comes from, and it's used to add a uh, little heat, a little spice, a little flavor. And and the, this particular dish, uh, shrimp masala is uh, being promoted right now, at least uh, on Twitter, uh, yesterday and today by uh, CRS Rice Bowl. Uh, The the recipe is available over at catholicfoodie.com, of course, but I also have it over at catholicmom.com, so you may want to check it out over there, too. A lot of great uh, content, uh, inspiration, encouragement for Catholic moms over at catholicmom.com. Now, I call this a Cajun Indian fusion because I used fresh gold shrimp and lots of cayenne and crushed red pepper flakes because I like that heat, as I mentioned before, and of course, this is a recipe. Uh, it is not law, right? So there's no recipe police. I'm going to come out there and arrest you because you didn't add enough cayenne. You can always adjust it to your uh, taste, to your liking. And uh, for this particular recipe too, I used, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, uh, this is served over rice and I used a uh, Louisiana jasmine rice. We do have uh, a lot of rice here in Louisiana. Uh, actually, in the, in the Lafayette area, the southwestern area of Louisiana, there's a lot of rice fields out there. And uh, there's a good little synergy going on there between rice and crawfish because the, the rice fields that where they use, uh, um, they grow rice part of the year, they're able to use the um, uh, the fields in a different part of the year to, uh, to raise crawfish. That's kind of neat, neat little thing. So this recipe we tried, it was just something I was playing around with uh, one day in the kitchen and had some shrimp, had a bunch of beautiful 
beautiful, beautiful, large uh, Louisiana Gulf shrimp and uh, just came up with this. It was fantastic. And uh, it's, it's a keeper. We not only did I write it down and publish it, but we have made this at home a number of times. So the list of ingredients is a little longer than, than, than many of the recipes that I share, mainly because you've got two things going on. You, you need to make the masala sauce. Uh, and then you do the shrimp separately and uh, then they are added together at the end. So uh, here's what you need for this particular recipe. You need a hot curry powder, two te- teaspoons of hot curry powder. And again, you don't have to write this down. It's available at catholicfoodie.com, also at catholicmom.com. Just search for shrimp masala. Uh, a teaspoon of turmeric, uh, one half to, one, uh, to three quarter teaspoons of cayenne, one and a half tablespoons of cumin, uh, one teaspoon ground coriander, a half a teaspoon of crushed red pepper flakes, fresh grated ginger to taste, two large sweet yellow onions, four cloves of garlic crushed. As I've mentioned before, I love to use the mortar and pestle to crush the garlic. So four cloves of garlic, uh, four tablespoons of uh, coconut oil. We like to use an organic coconut oil and because this is a... With this particular dish, um, the the flavor of the coconut really does lend itself uh, to to this dish. Um, it, it, you listen to all the ingredients, you'll you'll understand why. But it's four tablespoons of we use an organic coconut oil. It's very good. Uh, five ripe uh, homegrown tomatoes if they're available, chopped. Uh, one cup of uh, plain whole milk yogurt, and we like to use um, either a Greek yogurt or if you can get a, a Lebanese yogurt, which some stores do carry, uh, called Laban or Labney. Uh, that's also very good. Uh, Thirteen and a half ounce can of unsweetened organic coconut milk. And I like to use the organic. I do try to minimize as much as possible um, preservatives, you know, chemicals in the food to to preserve them. So if it's available and it's not astronomically out of, you know, price range, then uh, then I tend to go with that uh, with that option. Uh, Chirasha sauce, of course, we have that rooster sauce again. Okay, you use that to taste. One bunch of green onions chopped, a bunch of cilantro, uh, half a bunch of cilantro, half a bunch of uh, flat leaf parsley chopped, both of those. Four pounds of head-on shrimp peeled and deveined. And again, as I mentioned earlier in the week, uh, you're not, they don't always have head-on shrimp available all over the, the country, I've been told. Um, we have them here. I love cooking uh, the shrimp, certain dishes. You know, I need the head-on shrimp. And even if it's a dish where I'm going to take the heads off, then I like to keep the heads and make a stock out of that. I like to keep the shells and make a stock out of it. And I can freeze the stock and use it for gumbos and, and soups and all of that uh, at different times during the year. Um, but if you if you can't get head on shrimp, well, just get what you can get, right? But four four pounds of peeled and uh, four pounds of head on peeled and deveined shrimp, which once you peel them and take their heads off, it's going to be less than four pounds, right? But uh, just something comparable there if you need to make adjustments. Uh, limes. We like lime juice a lot, so I usually use two or three limes total for for this recipe. And then either like a Louisiana, I mean, we use Louisiana jasmine rice. You have jasmine rice available. Um, 
locally, then, then that would be great. Or basmati. Basmati is another wonderful rice. I love, I love uh, cooking with basmati rice. Uh, and salt and pepper to taste. And what are you going to do for the masala sauce? You want to saute the onions in two tablespoons of the coconut oil over medium heat until they're translucent. And because it's over medium heat, it can take about 10, 12 minutes or so for those uh, onions to become translucent. Uh, add the garlic curry powder, uh, the turmeric, cumin, coriander, cayenne, red pepper flakes, and fresh ginger and cook that for about a minute. You know, once you add that garlic, you want to be very careful not to um, not to burn the garlic. That's It's very delicate uh, and can easily burn. You want to add uh, one cup of the whole milk yogurt and uh, cook that for an additional two minutes. Then you want to remove it from heat. You puree it. Um, with an immersion blender. If you have one on hand, you can use an immersion blender or very, very carefully transfer it to a blender, even if you have to do it in batches and you want to, you want to blend that down. You want to puree it is what you want to do. And then add salt and pepper to taste. Now for the shrimp, which is done separately, you want to cook the shrimp for about two minutes uh, in a big skillet and two tablespoons of coconut oil, again, over medium heat. Stir as needed. The shrimp will uh, begin to turn pink. Then you stir in your coconut oil. I mean, I'm sorry, coconut milk, the juice of one lime and about a tablespoon of uh, the green onions, the cilantro, and the parsley. Uh, allow that to simmer for another two minutes. Then you want to combine the shrimp and the masala sauce together in a large pot. Reduce the heat and serve over steamed basmati or jasmine rice and garnish with cilantro and parsley. And then uh, we like to provide uh, wedges like lamb, uh, lime wedges and uh, chiracha sauce on the side just as garnish uh, for a little extra kick. And this, I'm telling you, is just so, so good. Definitely a crowd pleaser. And uh, you can always make the sauce in advance. Uh, the masala sauce, as I mentioned uh, in previous recipes, if you allow, like with the salads, when you make a salad or a salad dressing in advance and allow that to chill, what does it do? It allows the flavors to really marry uh, together, to come together. It enhances the overall flavor of the dish. So you can make the masala a day in advance if you want to and uh, just stick it in the fridge and, and let it sit. Bring it to room temperature before you uh, before you uh, begin to use it and add it to the uh, to the shrimp if you could, if you do make it a day in advance. So that's the shrimp masala uh, recipe, an Indian Cajun fusion experiment that I did. Um, uh, I guess it was a couple of years ago when I first came up with that recipe. Now, the next thing I would like to share with you is uh, something that is a total classic standard in Louisiana cooking down here in South Louisiana, and that is shrimp etouffee. And uh, etouffee, of course, is a French term, and uh, etouffee means literally uh, to smother or smothered. And uh, you may say, well, smothered in what? <laughs> and that would be a great question. Uh, in the case of etouffee, like a shrimp etouffee or a crawfish etouffee or a chicken etouffee, uh, you're talking really about being smothered in onions, onions and bell peppers. Um, there's something that we have here in uh, the Cajun vocabulary or Creole vocabulary here in, in South Louisiana. We call it the Trinity. Some people call it the Holy Trinity, but it really is the basis of a lot of the uh, seasonings of, of many, many, many dishes down here, the Trinity, which would be onion, bell pepper, and celery. So if you think about gumbo as an example, it uses the Trinity, onions, bell pepper, and celery. Um, you're you're going to find that uh, in, in jambalaya. You're going to find it in a, um, a red beans and rice and a bunch of different recipes. Recipes, 
And even if we don't use the full trinity, a lot of times you're going to find dishes that use what? Onions as a basis and also bell peppers, green bell peppers. And this particular uh, recipe for uh, shrimp etouffee is one that would use, I mean, you could use a trinity. You could use the, the, the celery. I will admit to you here that you don't, don't tell nobody now. It's just between me and you, but I'm not the biggest fan of celery. And I know, I know, please don't, don't share that with anybody. Um, so sometimes when it calls some recipe calls for the Trinity, I just leave the celery out or I usher it out harshly and then welcome in the garlic. Cause I was saying, I think that the garlic, garlic should be part of the, the Trinity instead. So uh, onions and bell peppers and garlic sound better to me, uh, but we will, we do have to take a break. Unfortunately, we're going to be back in just a couple of minutes. I'm going to finish giving you this recipe for shrimp etouffee. You're listening to the Catholic foodie show here on Real Life Radio. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and we are talking shrimp today. Uh, Me and you and Forrest Gump. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot the name of the movie uh, last uh, last segment, but you know that happens. Uh, I love that scene where uh, Bubba is going through and naming all the shrimp dishes that uh, that he likes, and it's a pretty long list. It takes him all day. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lot of fun. I love shrimp too. That's why we're talking about shrimp today on the Catholic Foodie Show. And I mentioned last segment, we were talking about uh, shrimp etouffee and uh, the fact that etouffee means smothered and uh, smothered in what you may ask. And typically it's smothered in the Trinity. Isn't that an awesome thing? Uh, you you kind of have that uh, that parallel there with cooking and, uh, and the Holy Trinity. We call the Trinity here in Cajun and Creole cuisine, uh, onions, bell peppers, and celery. And they make up really the 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 basis of uh, so many Cajun and Creole dishes, uh, probably because they were so readily available. You know, down here, uh, that's what grows really well and um, has a great flavor. Uh, now, when you're talking about shrimp etouffee, the, the the etouffee part itself is very very easy to make. It it uh, it doesn't cook for very long. I mean, especially shrimp. You think about shrimp. If you're doing crawfish, it's the same thing. Um, it doesn't really take a whole lot of time to cook shrimp. They, they're going to cook pretty quickly. the 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 most time consuming part of this particular recipe is the uh, the preparation, the chopping. You have a lot of onions and bell peppers and celery, or you can kick the celery out and bring in the garlic or whatever you want to do. Uh, but all that has to be prepped ahead of time. And there's a wonderful uh, French culinary concept called uh, mise en place. Uh, it means everything in its place, and it's something that is uh, very much challenging to me. I'm, as I'm getting older, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting a little bit better at it. I, I have to try to force myself to put into practice this concept of mise en place because uh, I love to cook. I, I love getting in the kitchen, and sometimes I just get so excited, I just you know, rush in and just start cooking instead of, you know, checking to make sure I have all the ingredients I need and that they're all handy and they're in, 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 you know, within reach and, uh, making sure I have enough of everything. And I'm not going to get halfway through a recipe only to realize that I'm 
out of an ingredient. <laughs> so mise en place is a wonderful little concept. My wife uh, is fantastic at this. Uh, she's a great planner and um, she's a great encourager. So she's always reminding me and encouraging me to uh, to put this concept into practice. And as long as you do that, then, then this particular recipe will not be uh, too time consuming. Matter of fact, with all the chopping that you need to do, um, it's great. It's a great opportunity to bring the kids in the kitchen uh, if, if they're old enough to handle a knife without cutting off their fingers, uh, then, then, then it may be a good, uh, good opportunity to have them in the kitchen with you side by side chopping and, uh, gives you great opportunity to, to talk. You know, I read something years ago, uh, about relationships and, uh, it's always stuck with me. It's the fact that the, the gist of it is this, you know, relationships happen while you're doing something else. And, uh, I mean, it may seem on the one hand, kind of uh, obvious, uh, but at the same time, sometimes we need the obvious to be pointed out to us for it to really hit home and to make sense. And we talk about quality time uh, a lot. That was a buzzword for a number of years, quality time, not quantity time. But I think sometimes we, we forgot that sometimes it takes quantity time to actually get to quality time. And, uh, and a lot of times, you know, relationship is what happens when you're doing something else. So you don't sit in a room and two chairs facing each other and relate. I mean, you can do that. I mean, I know that's probably the the setup when you go to counseling or to a psychiatrist or psychologist. You're sitting there facing each other relating. Uh, typically, though, you do this uh, differently. You do it. It happens. Relationships happen when you're doing something else like cooking together or you go to the movies and you talk about the movies, you know, the movie you saw either before or after or you go to dinner together and, and you're, you're talking over while you're eating, right? Uh, you, you go hiking and so you're doing something, you're hiking or you're fishing, but the relationship is what happens while you're doing that. And um, same thing with cooking and, and being in the kitchen together. It's a wonderful opportunity to to uh, grow in your relationship with your your children, with your spouse, um, while you're doing something together, and that that's a that's a good thing, and it also helps to you know what does it say? Uh, um, many hands makes light work, right? Uh, you have a lot of people there, then uh, it does. It's not as time consuming, and it's not uh, too much of a burden. So, what you need for uh, for etouffee? What do you need? You need uh, one and a half sticks of butter. That's right. I just said one and a half sticks of butter. <laughs> I personally uh, believe that um, there is a such thing as good fat and bad fat, and butter is definitely good fat. Uh, fat is, is where the flavor is. Um, you don't have to have a stick and a half of butter for everything you eat at every meal, but when you're making etouffee, one and a half sticks of butter is awesome. And uh, we prefer Kerrygold because I find that Kerrygold or any of the imported, I like Kerrygold because it's it's imported, it's Irish butter, it has a, a more intense flavor than what you typically find here in the States, um, but it, the price point is still good. Now there are other butters out there that are that are just that you you could tell when you taste them. This is like the real deal, um, but a lot of times it can be very expensive. I, I find that Kerrygold is still affordable at the same time flavorful, so I like that. You need four cups of chopped onions. I will tell you that oftentimes um, I just when I buy my onions, I like to hand pick whatever I buy produce wise. I love going to the grocery and I will hand pick and. Uh, I usually just eyeball it. I'll do three, four, five, whatever I'm in the mood for. And depends on the size of the onions. I'll just chop those. 
I don't necessarily measure out four cups, but it's a lot of onions is the is the point. So four cups, chopped onions, uh, and I, I like to use the sweet yellow onions or the Vidalias if they're available. Uh, two cups of chopped green bell pepper. Again, a lot of times I'll just go grab three, four, whatever I feel works. I have a big glass mixing bowl and I just, as I chop, I just dump them in there. And so I get to see kind of eyeball what's going to fit for the pot that I'm using. So that's, uh, that's kind of how I like to do it. I just play around there in the kitchen and, and whatever works, works. Uh, three to four cloves of garlic crushed. Uh, you know, you can always add more garlic or, or, or less depends on what your tastes are. And then two to three pounds of shrimp. And now these shrimp in the last recipe, I said that it was four pounds of head on shrimp. Once you take the heads off and you peel them, you're going to have less shrimp, right? And here I'm talking two to three pounds of shrimp. And this is after they've already been peeled. So uh, you can either, you're going to have to buy five pounds of shrimp if, you know, with heads on, if you're going to want to end up with three pounds of shrimp in the end, if that makes sense. So keep that in mind. Um, I always like to do, to use the, I like to buy them head on because I, I keep the heads in the, in the, in the shells um, in a, in a large plastic sealable, resealable bag that I use in the, I keep them in the freezer. And then whenever I have the time and uh, kind of like the, the appropriate amount of uh, refuse, uh, I like to keep uh, carrot tops and, and carrot uh, skins, like when I skin my carrots and um, parsley stems and, and onion ends, all those little things that you would typically throw away. I like to keep all of that in the freezer in resealable plastic bags. And when I have enough uh, of a store there, I'm able to make stocks with it. And so that's a, a good way of putting everything to use and, and, and trying not to, to waste any, any food. Um, you also are going to need two tablespoons of flour and two, two cups of water because we're going to be making a little uh, roux here, R-O-U-X, so a roux, not a dark roux like you would for gumbo. This is going to be a light roux, but it's a thickening agent. It's, it's something that's going to help to thicken up that etouffee, and we'll talk about that when we, we get to the directions. Two tablespoons, or two teaspoons, rather, of salt and uh, fresh fresh cracked uh, black pepper to taste. And of course, the salt, you can add more or less according to your taste. I always start with a half a teaspoon of cayenne. But uh, I may add once I taste it and see if it needs it or not. And then uh, we need two tablespoons of chopped parsley and three tablespoons of chopped green onions, which I use as garnish at the end. I like to garnish the bowls when I serve this. I'll garnish the plate or the bowl with the, uh, the parsley and the green onions. So how do you make this? What do you do? Well, you want to melt the butter in a large skillet over medium-high heat. You add the onions and the bell peppers. You saute that until soft. Since medium-high heat is going to be about 10 minutes or so until it softens up. You want to stir occasionally. Uh, and then you want to stir the crushed garlic in and saute that once you once you hit the, the softened point. You, you put the, the garlic in there and just be very careful to continue to stir. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to burn that garlic. And then you want to stir in the shrimp, uh, the salt, the black pepper, the cayenne pepper, and then cook that for four to five minutes. Uh, you'll notice the shrimp will start to turn pink. In the meantime, dissolve the flour in water. Uh, just use a little, uh, use a fork. I whisk it together. You dissolve that in water, uh, and then you add that to the pot, and that's going to be this this very simple roux. It's a white roux. Uh, you stir and mix it really well in the pot. Um, it's going to help to thicken the etouffee. Then once you have added that, you want to reduce the heat to medium-low and simmer for about 
about eight minutes. Uh, add the parsley. If you, I do add a little bit of the parsley and green onions to the pot. Uh, you don't have to. I like to add some right there at the end uh, when you have about two minutes left to cook. Um, but then I like to really have the most of that is is to go to the individual servings on the plates or the bowls or whatever it may be. I like to eat mine in a bowl. My wife likes to eat hers on a plate. So to each his own, right? Uh, and then finally, you just serve this over hot rice. You can make your rice in a, in a rice cooker or on the stove, uh, however you prefer to do that. Uh, I like white rice personally uh, for this dish, but serve it over rice and then sprinkle with the parsley, the green onions on top. We also like to have hot sauce on hand in case uh, any of our guests uh, like to uh, to add a little heat to theirs, a little, little heat. I know that my children, there is no guessing with that. Uh, I have to have plenty of hot sauce on hand because uh, they love that stuff. I don't know. They just can't, uh, can't help it. As I mentioned earlier, this is shrimp etouffee. You can also use the same basic recipe to make a chicken etouffee. It's going to cook a little bit longer than the shrimp will, uh, or even a crawfish etouffee. Very classic dishes down here in South Louisiana. We need to take a break. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and we are talking shrimp today. I gave you a recipe for shrimp masala and a recipe for shrimp etouffee, and we're going to be talking about another shrimp dish here in just a moment. I want to let you know that uh, this weekend coming up is uh, a very special weekend. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the Catholic New Media Conference is going to be going on in Atlanta, and uh, SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, is uh, the, the, the mainstay behind that event. Um, and I have been privileged over the years, I think, to go to three or four of the uh, Catholic New Media Conferences. It's, uh, it's always a joy. It's always a treat. I love uh, getting to see all these folks that, uh, uh, that I love. I mean, these, these folks who either produce content, they're either bloggers or or podcasters. Uh, they've been uh, part of my life for the last, uh, uh, goodness gracious, I don't know, 10 years or so. And um, it's just always such an inspiration, such a treat. I, I wish I could be there this year, but we are expecting a baby, you know, in, in just a week. Uh, and so it's probably not the best time for me to be leaving town. Um, actually, uh, you know, the, the the we are expecting baby number four. Her name is uh, Zelly. Marie Zelly after uh, Blessed Louis and, and Zelly Martin, uh, who are the parents of St. Therese of Lisieux. And uh, Blessed Zelly and her husband Louis uh, are going to be canonized in October of this year. So they will be St. Zelly and St. Louis, uh, parents of uh, St. Therese. It's pretty amazing. That, that's a really a very holy family. Uh, rumor also has it that one of uh, St. Therese's sisters, her car cause for uh, beatification or canonization is in the process too. Uh, so, wow, you talk about a dyna- uh, dynamic, uh, uh, faithful and faith-filled Catholic family. Uh, so we are naming uh, our child. We, we love St. Therese. We always have. And, and my oldest daughter has taken uh, the middle name. Her middle name is Therese. And uh, for this baby, we, we were looking for a, a saint. And uh, we turned back again to those, uh, to that, to the Martin family. 
and uh, Zelly is a, is a pretty name, and uh, that she is amazing. I, we're, my, my wife and I are reading her um, her letters to her husband uh, right now. There's a book out. You can get those letters. Um, beautiful, beautiful and amazing. But anyway, that's why we are not uh, heading to, or I'm not heading to Atlanta this weekend. I did have the privilege, though, of talking to my friend Sarah Vabulous, the Catholic drinky. She joined us the first week of the shows here, the, the Catholic Foodie Show. She joined us one of those first days. I uh, did get a chance to talk with her yesterday because her book came in and uh, very exciting, uh, The Catholic Drinkies Guide to Homebrewed Evangelism. And uh, that book is uh, is out now, or at least it's heading to the stores now. It's published. It is on the truck. It's shipping out. And uh, her book's going to be available this weekend at the Catholic New Media Conference. So I'm so happy for Sarah. And uh, Sarah, if you're listening, congratulations. That is awesome. And I wish I could be with you and all the good people at, uh, at the Catholic New Media Conference uh, this weekend. If, uh, if you can't be there either, you can always go to sqpn.com and check out uh, what they have going on. And I'm sure the, the Twitter and, and Facebook will be all abuzz with all the exciting things happening at the Catholic New Media Conference this weekend. So this recipe, this last one, this final one I want to give to you is uh, it's on catholicfoodie.com. So if you don't have anything to write with, don't worry. You can go to catholicfoodie.com and search for garlic shrimp with tomatoes, peppers, and feta. Doesn't that sound good? Garlic shrimp with tomatoes, peppers, and feta. And uh, not only is it uh, over at catholicfoodie.com, but it's also in my book, uh, Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie, Middle Eastern Cuisine. I think I mentioned to you, uh, and I know I I mentioned to you, this is uh, going back a week or two, uh, about how excited we are about the Greek Fest every year, right? Every Memorial Day weekend, we have the Greek Fest. My kids love to volunteer and to work in the Greek grocery, uh, which is filled with Kalamata olives, dried Greek spices, Greek olives olive oils, uh, handmade Greek pita bread and handmade Greek cheeses like feta cheese, uh, all these things on sale uh, all weekend and the Greek grocery. And uh, every year we try to stock up on uh, our favorite Greek cheese, which is feta. I mean, they're selling that that for like a, a pound. It's $5 a pound. I mean, it's homemade. You know, this is great, great cheese. And what a deal, you know, at $5 a pound. So we, I've been known to get a few pounds <laughs> of feta cheese and it'll last us, uh, you know, two, three weeks of, of salads and, and different recipes. And, uh, and this was a recipe that I came up with a couple of years ago when I had a ton of feta to play with. And of course, it's this time of the year, we're in the shrimp season. So uh, this works together very, very well. Um, this, uh, this was the inspiration behind this particular dish. So what do we need? What do we need to make this? Garlic, shrimp with tomatoes, peppers, and feta. You need two pounds of large jumbo shrimp peeled and deveined. So these are already headless. Um, four tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, six cloves of garlic, minced. Uh, of course, you can always vary what you want to do as far as the, uh, as far as the, uh, the garlic goes. If you want more, you can add more. If not, don't worry about it. You can hold back. The zest of one lemon, it's amazing how powerful the, the and flavorful that zest can be. A coarse ground kosher salt to taste, 
freshly ground black pepper to taste, cayenne to taste, one medium to large Vidalia onion chopped or just a sweet yellow onion, one green bell pepper seeded and chopped, one red bell pepper seeded and chopped, a teaspoon of red pepper flakes. Of course, that's going to add some heat. If you want to back off on that, just put half a teaspoon, uh, three to four Creole or homegrown tomatoes. You probably have homegrown tomatoes available this time of the year, peeled and chopped. I like to reserve the juice personally because I love that. It's just so good. Uh, and then a, qu- a quarter cup of dry white wine, uh, four tablespoons of chopped fresh, par- fresh parsley, eight ounces of feta cheese crumbled, and then three to four tablespoons of ouzo, which is optional. Ouzo is a licorice liqueur uh, that you get. It's Greek, uh, the Arak, A-R-A-K, Arak, are, um, uh, uh, is the, the Lebanese uh, version of the same thing, ouzo. So what you want to do, you want in a medium-sized glass mixing bowl, I like to use glass when I'm doing this, add a shrimp, one to two tablespoons of the olive oil, one to two teaspoons of garlic. See, you kind of have to play with this and see what works. Uh, lemon zest, uh, half a teaspoon of salt, quarter teaspoon of black pepper, one eight teaspoon of uh, cayenne, and then mix it really, really well, and then set that aside. Uh, then heat a large, heavy bottom skillet over medium to medium high heat. Add two to three tablespoons of olive oil. And then after a minute, when the oil is hot, you add the onions and the red and the green bell peppers. Sprinkle with a dash of salt and give it a good stir. Saute those veggies until softened about 10 minutes, stirring occasionally. And then you want to add the remaining garlic. Uh, again, being very careful not to, uh, to burn that garlic. Uh, add the remaining garlic, red pepper flakes. Continue to saute until the garlic softens, which is about two minutes. You just want to stir it frequently, right? And then uh, add the tomatoes and the reserved juice, uh, the white wine, and then increase the heat to medium high. Uh, if you had started out at medium, you want to bring it to a simmer and then you want to reduce the heat to medium and simmer it for about eight to 10 minutes during occasionally. You know, at this point, you know, you really want the flavors to marry and for the sauce to thicken just a bit. So stir in two tablespoons of the parsley and season the sauce with, uh, with salt and pepper to taste. Reduce the heat to medium low. Add the shrimp, because the shrimp are not going to take very long at all to cook. You add the shrimp and the marinade to the sauce, and then you want to stir, mix it well, making sure the shrimp level out as best as possible, just for even cooking. And uh, the goal is to have the shrimp uh, cook evenly, uh, and then, then you just continue to simmer occasionally, you know, stirring occasionally until the shrimp are cooked through about seven to nine minutes. Uh, you might need to extend that time a couple of minutes if you're using jumbo shrimp because they're bigger. Um, and then once that's done, you remove it from the heat, top it with a crumbled feta and serve immediately over rice. I like to drizzle a little olive oil and garnish with a pinch of parsley. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful dish. Very tasty. That, that ouzo, uh, if you add that ouzo to it, it gives it just a little, uh, uh, it's hard to explain. It's almost like a pop, you know, uh, very, very good. Don't worry about it. It's alcohol, but the ouzo, uh, it's anise flavored, right? Licorice flavored or anise flavored. Uh, it's really used as an aperitif in, in, in Greece and it adds a distinctly uh, Greek flavor to this dish, but it's optional because not everybody likes anise. Um, if you do opt uh, to use ouzo, you can add a tablespoon to the marinade when you're marinating the, uh, the shrimp and then add two to three tablespoons to the sauce when you're adding the tomatoes and the wine. And, um, you know, don't worry about it being alcohol because, you know, when you cook with alcohol, the alcohol itself cooks out of, I mean, the heat, that's what the heat does. It, it burns off the alcohol. So it's not like you are uh, adding alcohol to your, you're not going to get drunk doing this, right? You're not going to get drunk cooking with, uh, with alcohol. 
So uh, peeling the tomatoes, if you notice, I did say peeling is, uh, you use peeled tomatoes. Peeling is uh, definitely essential in this because you, um, if you don't, you're going to wind up with those pesky stringy tomato skins in your sauce. And that's, that's not fun. So there's a very simple way to uh, peel those tomatoes. And I go over that uh, over at catholicfoodie.com. So if you go to the recipe, garlic, shrimp with tomatoes, peppers, and feta on catholicfoodie.com, there is a little walkthrough down there at the bottom of the recipe that'll show you how or kind of walk you through how to um, how to peel a tomato. And uh, I don't have a whole lot of time to, to go through that right now. Um, so in case I miss it or in case we run out of time, um, you can just go over there. Actually, we are going to be running out of time. So you can go and, uh, and find that that method of peeling tomatoes over at catholicfoodie.com. This is exciting, folks. This is exciting. Summer is here. We have a baby coming. Um, we've got plenty of, of shrimp coming in. Uh, tomatoes are plentiful. This is a great time to get in the kitchen and cook with family, to invite people over, invite friends over, uh, to cook a meal for, um, you know, for a family who's just had a baby. Hint, hint. <laughs> That's actually a, a, a ministry that we have in our parish, which is awesome. I'll probably have to interview them and, and, and share that with you. But uh, thank you so much for being with me today. You are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. I am Jeff Young. You can find me over at catholicfoodie.com. And until Monday, bon appetit. Catholic New Media.